Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Here we go. Got five questions. Gator, you went first last week, so I'll go first this week. All right. All right, boys. College football this weekend. There's a lot of teams, or a few teams at least, that are 6-4 and four that play potential playoff teams. You got TCU at Baylor, 6 and 4. Ohio State at Maryland who is 6 and 4, and Tennessee at South Carolina who is also 6 and 4. Pick me an upset. I'm going to go Baylor over TCU. Um if forced to pick an upset. TCU is is good. Max Duggan is underrated. It's kind of a classic trap game coming off their win over Texas. So much was poured into that. Their ex-head coach was on the other staff. You know, Texas is is the big dog in the state of Texas. TCU looking for respect. They get out recruited every year. I don't even think they 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 don't come anywhere close to Texas in recruiting. But long story short, classic trap game for TCU. So I, I think Baylor can give them problems. It's interesting that all those teams are on the road. Um and I, I look at the South Carolina game and think chance for Spencer Rattler to get his name back out there. I thought Maryland was going to give some people fits, but They've kind of faded in recent weeks, so I'm I'm going to go with Baylor over TCU. Is if I had to pick an upset from those, yeah, I don't. I, I, the same thing. It's it's there's no upset to be found here this week among those teams. Um, if I had to, I would say Baylor. Baylor can sneak up and bite you. Um, Maryland just doesn't have it uh, to do anything against Ohio State, and Spencer Rattler has been awful, and South Carolina has been awful. And Tennessee knows there, there are, there's no trap game for Tennessee. They know what they have to do. They have to keep winning and winning big to imp- keep impressing uh, the, this, the college football playoff committee. So they're going to take care of, of South Carolina. It's, yeah, the, the the easiest path, I guess, would be Baylor, and it's a tough road to hoe. I, I imagine TCU knows same thing. They get everything in front of them. They control their destiny. They got to win this week, and yeah. uh, and they will. But it's Baylor. Yeah, I mean – just because you know it doesn't mean it's going to happen. But with you guys, I agree. It's going to be boring. I think I don't think an upset happens. But if I had to pick one, I also pick Baylor. I mean, but that's why they play the games, guys. College football is great. This is why people rush the field. Unexpected stuff <laughs> happens. You know what I mean? That's why it's great. So just because teams know they have to win doesn't mean they always do. All right. We got Michigan and Ohio State in a couple weeks, and it's considered by a lot of people an elimination game. The loser has no shot to playoff. If so, why wasn't Tennessee versus Georgia an elimination game? Well, I think it's pretty simple. It's it's strength of schedule. Um, Michigan hasn't played anybody. Ohio State hasn't really played anybody up until uh, what will happen next week. They both have played Penn State, and that's one. Outside of that, Michigan hasn't really played anyone. Ohio State can say that they beat Notre Dame to start the season. Notre Dame is a top 20 team right now, but when they played them, Notre Dame was terrible. So neither team can brag about their other wins. Tennessee can. Tennessee 
won at Pitt when Pitt was ranked 17th. They beat Florida when Florida was ranked 20th. They beat LSU at LSU, and LSU is now the SEC West champ. Uh, you know, they beat Alabama. <laughs> they, they, the resume is way too strong. That's why they have the ability to say that, uh, yeah, this is this is one of those games where they're not out of The loser of the Michigan-Ohio State game might hold some leverage over Tennessee for a couple of reasons. One is Penn State has low-key worked themselves up to number 11. They're only three spots behind Alabama. That could be a top-10 win for both of them. The other thing is the committees in the past have said – have sent a message loud and clear. Don't get blown out. That Tennessee-Georgia game was a blowout in disguise. Tennessee got a late touchdown to make it look a little bit closer. If Tennessee and or the loser of Michigan-Ohio State is battling over the four spot, the committee is also in the past sent a message that they, they don't need a rematch. And Tennessee-Georgia would be a rematch. So there's a lot of football to be played. A lot of interesting football to be played. Including the Ohio State-Michigan game would kind of have to be a classic you know, one score down to the wire, great game to get this consideration. I think that's the the only way it even gets considered is if it's a classic like it was in 06. Well, and then there's other things that could happen that could open up a spot. But I, I do think that Tennessee isn't a lock over the loser of that game based upon some of the reasons I just said. I kind of agree with you, Doug. I just don't think it's a lock like people think it is. I think that it's an outside shot, if any, but I don't think it's a lock. I think a couple of reasons why, you know, you mentioned the schedule that uh, Tennessee's played Gator. Also, the timing of the game. You know, it's like recency bias. If Michigan, if a team just loses, a lot of times people don't want to see that team try to play for the playoffs. Because if Penn State might end up in the top 10 when it's all said and done, and that's a quality win by, by Michigan or Ohio State. But uh, I just found it interesting. I wanted to get well, your guys' opinion on that. But to your point, Georgia and Alabama. They played each other in the SEC championship, and they played each other in the in the national championship final. I'm so. not saying this Georgia versus Tennessee shouldn't be an elimination game. I'm asking why is Michigan-Ohio State considered an elimination game, really? All right. Well, a conference land two spots in the final college football playoff. If so, which conference? So, it's funny. I went to the All-State playoff predictor today and went through and wow. you know, use the FBI, and you, you choose, okay – um, a one-loss Michigan team that doesn't go to the conference championship game or a one-loss Ohio State team that doesn't go to the conference championship game. Start thinking about, all right, what do I think is going to happen? I think Michigan's going to beat Ohio State in Columbus. The All-State playoff predictor, a one-loss Ohio State team that doesn't go to the conference championship game still holds a 73% chance of making the playoff. And it's not just because Ohio State it, it, I think it's that other teams have so much work to do. Like, it's not a given that USC has a punch-button road to the playoff. One more loss, and they're out because their defense is so bad, and they have to play UCLA and Notre Dame. LSU has to go to Texas A&M and then face Georgia. TCU is at Baylor, Iowa State in a Big 12 title game. I think the reason that percentage is so high is because I think it's the percentage of all those teams losing a game somebody's going to lose in there. If not, two of those teams are going to lose in there that could create a path. Before I say my answer, is it at all possible that Ohio State, Michigan, Tennessee, and Georgia are the final four? I haven't looked at what would have to play out, but I I mean, if TCU loses and USC loses and Georgia beats LSU, I mean, could yeah. we see? 
Yeah. Two conferences with two teams? Yeah. That would be really interesting. I just I just don't think uh, that'll happen for the Big Ten because of the, the schedule issue. But um, I think the punch button question, the answer to it is to say, yes, it can happen or it will happen. And, and people would say the SEC and throwing in, you know, Tennessee. I'm going to go the other way. And I know it, this is a hard road to go, but it's fun for me to do this. I'm going to say it doesn't happen because USC crashes the party. USC's resume is about to get strong to quite strong because of the games you mentioned. They've got a game uh, against UCLA at UCLA. They have the matchup against Notre Dame to finish the season. And then there will be a Pac-12 championship game, and all those contending are pretty good teams. They're gonna, they're all ranked teams. So if USC wins the next three games all against ranked opponents – that resume may shoot them up past one of those other teams, uh, past the Tennessee, I guess, would be the one that they have to get past in my mind because I think the loser of the Michigan-Ohio State game is out. Yeah, even though I made the case or tried to make the case that Michigan-Ohio State shouldn't necessarily be an elimination game, it probably will be. And so if, if a conference is going to land two teams, it's going to be the SEC. And it's going to be Tennessee-Georgia. Uh, but I like your answer, though, Gator. Kind of, you know, get, get another team in there. I wouldn't mind seeing that. All right, the feel-good story of the year so far has been in Columbus. Receiver Cameron Babb, a former top 100 recruit, this is his fifth year at Ohio State. He Last week he scored his first touchdown, got on his knees, was very emotional. Everyone was cheering for him. He's been voted a team captain twice. He tore his ACL four times, but he came back. Four ACL tears, guys. Just your thoughts on this story. I, I got to tell you, I was watching the Ohio State game last week when he scored, and to see the outpouring of emotion from his team and from the crowd, it was awesome. They mobbed him in the end zone when he scored. They they carried a kind of you know brought him over to the sidelines, but he didn't get to like the sideline to thirty five yard on the forty yard line. He was at like the ten. They couldn't even get him up the field behind the bench area because everybody wanted to celebrate with him right then and there. Each individual player went over and hugged him. It was. It was an awesome scene, and, and you know, it's all these stories when they happen when somebody suffers through great hardships, through injuries uh, in their career, and they come back and and are able to do something. It's awesome. It reminded me of Amp Campbell, ninety eight from Michigan State, early in the season they played at at Oregon, and he gets hurt, fractures a couple of vertebrae in his neck, out the rest of the year. Talks to Nick Saban, asks Nick Saban if he can please let me return. Nick said, Yeah, I want you to get your degree, but you can play. He got his degree. He played. He was able to come back a year later against Oregon at Michigan State and ended up returning a, a fumble for a touchdown. It brought everybody right to tears. It was an amazing scene, and same thing at Ohio State. We have seen guys tear their ACL twice, and it's always the tears are flowing. Everybody feels awful for them. I don't remember seeing someone tear an ACL for a third time. Off the top of my head, I can't think of it. I'm sure there's cases out there. Have you ever even heard of four ACL tears? I, I have not. He hit the over in ACL tears. I right? <laughs> he did. And and in this day and age where um, on occasion rivalries maybe get a little too intense, I, hats off to Cameron Babb and Columbus. Great story uh, and great perseverance, kid. And there's not much more I can say. It's a, it's a great story. It's one of the things in college football and college sports that pros don't have the opportunity to have. You know, In pros, at the best, you get a G League guy that comes up. And, and that happens very, you know, 
infrequently. The, the college football yeah. stuff with the guys as fifth-year seniors and things like that, that's great. I mean, you get every once in a while you get a crazy story like Alex Smith, you know, and then you watch out. But that guy yeah. was a pro, all-pro, yeah. Pro Bowl player or whatever, you know, and number one pick, so he's made his money. This guy. Then he's back on the field nobody cares. Exactly. Like, we're, still, we're treating you like you're any other quarterback. Aaron Donald's still riding him to the ground even though his leg is totally rebuilt. And and in the end, those pros are still have a lot of money, and these yeah. college kids haven't. That yes, they don't make any money, you know. All right, really quick, guys, which team do you think will be the toughest opponent for Georgia? Well, I don't know. This is so tough because Georgia. It looks like Georgia and everybody else. And I was thinking about one of our questions: you know, Would it be Georgia? Would you take Georgia or the field? I'm going to go on the unknown. I'm going to go the winner of Michigan Ohio State. Because I think we know the least about them. The Big Ten is so incredibly weak. Their non-conference schedules, neither of them were that arduous, really. And so I think all these gaudy stats that these teams have, and they both have gaudy stats, the question is, are those stats legitimately indicative of a dominant team? Because if either of them played a great schedule and had those stats, we'd say they could play with Georgia. But because they haven't, Sort of dismissive of them really challenging Georgia. So there's an unknown. So I'm going to go the winner of that game as the best chance. You know, um, I would say that that is correct for all the reasons you gave. But I'm going to throw another team out there that will not have a shot to play Georgia. But I think they would have had the best chance to beat Georgia. It's Alabama. Alabama lost two games this season so far, right? They lost Mm -hmm. on a two-point conversion on a game that was destined to go to overtime. But Brian Kelly said, screw that. We're going for the win. And they got it. And then the other one they lost... Hostile, both games hostile territory, by the way. They lose at Tennessee on a last-second field goal. Alabama is best suited to beat Georgia because they're in Georgia's head already, and this is a year that they don't even have to face each other. But because they're not going to, it's unfortunate we don't get to see that matchup, so I will agree with you and say the winner of the Michigan-Ohio State game. Damn it. I, I like being different from you guys, but I agree. Doug, where was all that bravado about Georgia not being that good this year, man? Come on. Uh, I, 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 that was a bold-ass prediction. That? A bold-ass prediction gone awry. Okay, <laughs> Guys, they can't just reload like this. They lost. Yeah, actually, they, they can. They just, but, yeah, yeah. Let me just throw one other thing out there. Because if it is Tennessee, if Tennessee does get in as the fourth team and they end up facing Georgia, I know people don't want to see a rematch. You're talking about a blowout? Sort of a blowout. Tennessee didn't give up tons of points in that. I think Georgia scored 27. Was it 27-13 the final in that game? So a team that really wants to get back at Georgia would be Tennessee, and maybe that revenge factor puts them over the top. And that is our college football blitz thingy. We swing around the country every uh, Wednesday here on Carson Anderson on 97 won the ticket. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.